0: series today. I was excited about that. Yes, I am. And the series is called Things Jesus Never Said. So you may go, Greg, wait a minute. Don't you want to just tell me what Jesus said? Why, why are you going to tell me what he didn't say? Because, you know, maybe it's just my, my mind and how it works. But sometimes when you're always used to looking in this direction and all of a sudden you start to look at the same thing from the opposite direction, you see something you didn't see before. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about things Jesus never said. But to start off, I'm just going to go on a quick rabbit trail, if I could. All right? So my rabbit trail is this. How many of you happened to watch the Democratic debate this past Thursday? Anybody? All right. You guys need to start getting educated. 2020's coming, right? So I, I watched it, and I was interested to see. This is the first time ever they had 10 different candidates on the same stage all talking. You know, And, and they start off with with like a minute and a half each person. And and I'm like, okay, that's good to, to know. That's good to know. That's good to know. And then they get to some person. They didn't talk at all about what they stood for. They just started to say what other people were doing that was bad. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why don't you just tell me what you think, you know? So... So as we get closer to 2020, and you know the robocalls are going to start, you're going to get pulled on everything from are you this, are you that, do you believe in this, do you believe in that? Why am I saying this? Because, you know, there's something that Jesus didn't say, but actually Paul said, and he said it in Romans 1.16, and he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. You know, so in the midst of what we're going to be hearing, which is tons of political stuff, what do we find is on our mouths? Are we talking, am I Republican, am I Democrat, am I Independent, am I Libertarian? Or you know what? I need to tell you about the gospel because it's the gospel that's going to change your life. Like, I thank God he's not Republican. I thank God he's not Democratic. He's God. He's not even Libertarian or Independent. He's just God. And if we start getting into conversations where we're back and forth and back and forth and bickering, you know what? The world is watching. The world is watching. How do we as Christians behave as we go through this political season? I want the gospel to be the first thing on my, on my mind that I'm telling people about. Not, okay, I believe this or I believe that. You know, when we get into arguments, who's getting glorified out of that argument? Is Jesus getting glorified? Because how the world sees us treat other people, if we love with Jesus' love, they're going to know we're Christians. If we just spew junk, yeah, I don't think there's too many people that are going to know that we're Christians. So now that I got you all riled up, all right, and hopefully you you can accept what I'm saying, I'm going to tell you the title of our message. You don't need to forgive them, all right? And I'm not talking if you're a Republican. You do need to forgive Democrats if you're a Democrat. You do need, but this is what Jesus did not say. He never said you don't need to forgive them, all right? So now I'm going to ask you a question, and I want everyone to participate, all right? How many of you know someone on Facebook or Instagram that's annoying? Raise your hand, okay? All right, you, so if you know someone on Facebook or Instagram, you raise your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, okay, what does that say about you? Maybe you're that person. I'm just saying, okay, if you didn't raise your hand... So now you want to participate in this thing, all right? So here's something that Jesus never said. Jesus never said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they post, right? Maybe we would like to say that at times, but Jesus never said that. That's not in red in your Bible. You won't find that, all right? Another thing Jesus never said, he never said, fool me once, I'll forgive you. Fool me twice, I'll give you cold sores, right? Sometimes, but in not it true, sometimes, like, Something happens to us and we're like, oh, I must have sinned. God's getting back at me, right? That's not the way God works. He never will do that to us. Conviction will bring on you, yes. He's not going to give you cold sores if you sinned, all right, or something worse, right? Last thing, he never said, sorry, you've sinned too much for me to forgive you. I can forgive everyone else, but your sin, yeah, sorry, it's over the top, right? Don't we know that Jesus' love and his forgiveness is for all? And even when we sin and we sin the same sin, it's annoying, but we do this. We sin the same sin. Jesus never says, "Uh, oh, sorry, I've, I've forgiven you a bazillion times, a bazillion plus one. I can't do it. You've reached your limit, right? Jesus is still there to forgive us. So with that, we're actually going to turn to what the word of God does say about forgiveness. But now that we've looked at it from the other side, maybe you're with me that, that we're going to see something fresh. So let's pray as, as we turn to God's word. God, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is truth, Lord, and and our desire today is to look at your word with fresh eyes, Lord, to apply it to our lives. And we ask your spirit, Lord, to to just connect the dots for us about where do we need to change to come into alignment with your word. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we find in the Gospel of Matthew that uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was teaching them how to pray. And as he was teaching them how to pray, at the very end of, of that teaching, he kind of brought in something about forgiveness. It was almost like a P.S. that he brought in. But we're going to look at a, at a prayer that Jesus uh, taught his disciples how to pray. I, I think a lot of you will be familiar with this. But it says in Matthew 6, 9 through 11, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. So if I, if I look at that last statement, verse 12, Jesus didn't say, Lord, pray, Father, forgive me, but I don't have to forgive others. Right? He didn't say that. He said, Father, forgive our debts as we have forgiven debtors. Jesus connects the two concepts together. But he doesn't leave it there. In verse 14, he goes on. And he says this for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins. Okay, I don't know about you, but I read that and I am super challenged by it. That that kind of rattles me to my core because Jesus is saying something that a lot of us don't want to hear. He's saying if if you forgive others your father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, he kind of looks at it from the other side, right? Says, hey, if you forget, if you don't forgive others, yeah, you know what? God's not going to forgive you. So this is held at a really high level for Jesus, what we do with one another. Do we forgive or do we not? You know, not too long ago, uh, Dan and I were were training for a race, my son Dan, and uh, he had been in Malawi for three years. So we were kind of catching up on, on life and And Dan likes to talk when we run. I can barely breathe when we run, but he likes to talk. And after some while, like, it it helps build your lung capacity. So we're carrying on a conversation on one of these runs. And and he said, so, Dad, what's been the most interesting thing since you've become pastor at Shiloh? Like, what have you learned? So we, we got into some things. And. And thankfully it was flat because sometimes he asks me these questions like right before we're going up a hill and I'm like, yeah, I can't talk right now. Wait till we get on the downside of the hill. But, but then he goes on and he says, so, so what has been the thing that surprised you most about being, about being a pastor? And I thought, that's a good question. And I'm like, you know what, Dan? I, I didn't realize this going in, but like sometimes you put yourself all the way out there and you feel like you get burned. You know, like I, I, I do stuff to really help and, and there's just nothing. And I feel like, was I just taken advantage of what just happened? And so Dan's like, well, tell me about it. So like he always has these things and he gets me to do all the talking while we're running instead of him doing the talking. He just asks questions. So I start to tell him about a couple of situations and then he, he gives me this one line. He's like, dad, these sound a lot like they're the same thing. So maybe it's not at all about those people. Maybe you're just going around the same mountain and God has something for you. And like in that moment... If I could have cried and run and talked at the same time, I would have bawled my eyes out because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think he's right. Like these things that have bothered me, it's not anything about another person. It's about something God wants to do in my life and something that I'm missing. And I was like, wow, it it really hit me. I was the one holding the grudge and, and I was the one that was not forgiving others. And, and like, that's a bad place to be, people. We, we do not want to be in the place of not getting God's forgiveness because we're withholding forgiveness of someone else. So I, I want to help us all out with how do you know if this could be you? Maybe you walked in this morning like, Greg, I, I, I forgive everybody. I don't have any unforgiveness in my heart. Yeah, I was there too. And, and I realized that I did have things I needed to work through. And here's how I knew. It's this concept that's called bricks on the wall. So if you ever have a conversation between you and another person, right, and and you're in that conversation, and all of a sudden, like, they bring up something that you've done, and and then they go off on you. And, And they're like, yeah, and you know what else? And you've done this, and you've done this, and you've done this. And they start naming all these things, and you're like, wait a minute, we were talking about one thing, and like four other things just got interjected into the conversation, right? Has that ever happened to anybody? Please tell me it has. All right, thank you, because first service gave me no recognition. I thought, "Wow, I'm the weirdo here. Everybody else, they got normal lives. Greg, he's weird. But so when this happens to you, like you're in conversation, and then boom, boom, all these things start coming up. Those are bricks on the wall, because there's this imaginary wall that we have between us and other people. And, and we don't realize it, but we're just starting to name the bricks that have never that they got put up by an offense or by a hurt. Or maybe there were a transferred hurt, someone else got offended, and now you're offended because they got offended, right? But these bricks go up, and if we're not careful, we recognize them, but we got to do something about them, right? So bricks go up one t- one at a time, and they come down one at a time. We've got to ask forgiveness or, or work through each brick. So what could some of these bricks be? You know, sometimes people say stuff and it hurts us. Now Jesus never said sweep it under the rug. He wants us to deal with it. But what do we do? We sweep it under the rug, pretend it never happened, walk on eggshells for a day or two, and, and then try to move on. But that brick got put up there. The words that they said, we can still remember them. In fact, you, you start talking, and boom, 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 you're going to start naming all these bricks. Maybe we did so much for someone, and they, they never even said thank you. Like, and, and you feel like, wow, I was just used like, I, I really thought what I was doing was nice, and they never even said thank you. So we're, we feel unappreciated, and it's hard for us to move forward now in that relationship because you keep remembering this, this time. Or, or maybe there was a time where um, they said something, and you really felt like they should have apologized, and they never apologized to you. Like, you're still waiting, but that apology never came, and it hurts. And you're like, yeah, why, why didn't they apologize? You know maybe there was a best friend that lied either to your face or lied about you and you still remember that today that's a brick on the wall you can remember it and man these things start coming up and you've never you've never dealt with it maybe there's been someone that you loved or admired maybe they were even a christian person in your life and they treated you in a way that you should have never ever been treated Maybe there's someone who didn't pay you. They borrowed money and they said, yeah, I'm going to pay you back, and they never paid you back. And now, like, you're feeling the hurt and the pain of that because you're out, out money, right? There's, there's some of us today, I'm, I'm giving you some easy examples. There's some of us today that, that likely have suffered huge amounts of, of just pain and suffering, whether it be physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse. And, and I want to tell you, like, I understand and I acknowledge the hurt that we can all have in our hearts, right? And, and Jesus acknowledges that hurt, right? So I, I want to tell you that Jesus loves us, but when he comes and he loves us, he doesn't want us to, to stay in the hurt. He wants us to love us to the truth. Why? Because it's the truth that sets us free. It's not love that sets us free. So, so this morning, as, as all of us have, perhaps these bricks on the wall that we've dealt with, right? Words that hurt us, things that we were not appreciated in, Maybe things that we didn't apologize, uh, someone never apologized to us for. I want us to understand that how we treat others matters. It, it matters to God, and and here's why I know it. When we read verse nine, Matthew six nine, it says, "This then is how you should pray: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name." Now, did you ever think why did Jesus say, "Our Father"? Why don't you just say, my father? None of us ever learned the prayer, my father in heaven, right? We all learned it, our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So here's, here's what I saw in this scripture I've not seen before. So as a parent, I've got four kids. And, and as I was raising my kids, like some of you that, that have families, you know that kids sometimes, what can they do? They can fight, right? And, and you get into the times where all right, you, you just got to be a peacemaker. You got to say, no, it's not okay to hit your brother. No, you can't call names. You can't do this. And and it got, it got to a point, frankly, at the dinner table where we had to assign seats because if, if, if one sibling was looking at the other sibling, they'd get into a fight. But if they were next to one another, the fight would never start. So we said, okay, you guys are always sitting next to one another. You're not allowed to sit anywhere else but here. And, and it, it enabled us to keep the peace, right? So as a parent, though, just the same way I don't like when my kids fight, I do love when they're nice to one another, when they appreciate one another, when they're honest, when they're genuine, when they respect one another, right? You understand what I'm saying? You can see a father's heart or a mother's heart in that. And I think God, duh, because we're made in his image, he we feel the way we feel because he feels this way too. He wants all of his children. To get along he wants his children to love one another he doesn't want them to fight he doesn't want a name calling and 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 putting down and and treating each other with disrespect so when jesus says our father in heaven he's saying he's my father but he's your father too and and now we say our father because he's your father but he's your father and your like he's all of our fathers so God, as our Father, is concerned about how we treat one another. It's important to him, just like it would be important to any one of us that have kids, how our, how our kids treat one another. And, and when, when Jesus says, our Father in heaven, he wants us to understand that it's our relationship with God and other children, that it really matters to the Father. And, and we know that because Jesus goes on, in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, to say this. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Let's stop there for a minute. It's not you got something against your brother or sister. Like, I'm good. It's not, I didn't do anything wrong. They're the ones that did this thing wrong. I'm still waiting for your apology, right? So we didn't do anything to them, but they have something against us. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come offer your gift. What? That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound crazy? So, so, Jesus, you want me, if I know that my sister or brother has something against me, I didn't do anything wrong, but they've wronged me, I need to go make it right with them. Uh-huh. Why? Our Father in heaven. Right? It matters to God how his kids get along. So even if it's your brother or sister, they've done something wrong, like it matters to our father enough that he's like, no, you go make it right with them and make sure they get back into fellowship because God wants all of his kids to get along, right? He, he wants us to all get along. So Jesus goes on to talk even more about forgiveness in this chapter. In 543 and 43 to 45, he says, but you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor, and hate your enemy. You know, so why was it said that way? Because in the Jewish time, the culture of the day was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You do something to me, I'm going to do the same thing back to you, right? And, you know, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. You kill my ox, your ox is dead, right? And, and that's the culture that they were living in. But Jesus is like, no, this is the way you've heard it. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven, He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. You know, so how we love one another matters to our Father. It, it matters to Him, and and I, there's times where it's hard enough for me to love people that love me back, right? My family, let alone love people that don't love me back. Wow, that's hard. That's super hard. And this is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, because we can't do these things on our own. But this is what God calls us to do. It's a high calling for us to say, okay, I'm not just going to love my neighbor and hate my enemy. I'm going to love my enemy too. So, you know, when I, when I started to think about these people in my lives, that day that, that Dan and I were on the run, and, and all of a sudden I got emotional on the run, and I'm like, okay, if, if there's emotion there... Likely these are still bricks on the wall. I thought I've dealt with them, but I haven't dealt with them. What am I going to do about this? And, and not in every instance is it the right thing to go back to the person that's hurt you. So, so like here's probably something that's not a good idea to, to do. And maybe this has happened to you like it's happened to me. Someone comes up to you, unbeknownst to you, they're like, yeah, you know what? You really hurt me. And it's taken me a lot to forgive you, but I just want to let you know I forgive you. And I'm like, okay, you just threw up all over me. Now what am I supposed to do with this, right? And so that wasn't very helpful. But, but So I'm not always saying that there's, that's how you need to approach it. But, but what, we, what we can do when we have people in our lives that we know there's this pain and, and there's, this, there's this unforgiveness in, in our hearts perhaps towards them. Maybe it's a grudge, maybe, maybe whatever it is. You know, we, could, we can begin to pray for them because it says here in 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So, all right, maybe they don't have to have been persecuting you, but you can still pray for those that you're having a hard time with, right? So I took this scripture and I said, all right, I'm going to begin to pray for some of these people that I feel like I've been burned by. So here's how, here's how I started. God, pray for this person. Please show them how wrong they were yeah, you know what that, that prayer never got answered. God, please let them come and apologize to me. Yeah, they, they never came and apologized to me. And, and, and over time, as I was praying for them, I finally got to the point where I'm like, God, you know what? Like I know you love them. Lord, I pray you bless them. God, I, I pray you show your favor upon them. God, I pray that they would become. Uh, so devoted to you in their walk, it would just be amazing, right? And I started to actually pray things that would be good for them, not like, pray, God, let it happen to them just like it happened to me. Like, that's not what Jesus wants us to pray. So here, here's what I learned through walking through some of that. It says, your prayer for those who hurt you may not change them, but it always changes you. Right, so, so why is it that God wants us to pray for other people? He doesn't want to leave us where we're at, right? Jesus, Jesus isn't giving us the truth and, and just making it really hard to say, love your enemies, not just love your neighbor, because he knows that when our enemies are our enemies, there's something in our heart that's no good, and, and, and it's a poison for us. So here's what I love about this word forgiveness. If you go back and you look at the word forgiveness in the Greek, it doesn't mean sweep it under the rug, which is what so many of us do when issues or, or circumstances happen in our life. We, we want to sweep it under the rug. We want to pretend it never happened. We, we just want to go on and ignore it, right? No, this is what forgiveness means. It means to send it away. It, it, it's almost as if you took it and you just threw it. You hurled it as far as it could go. Why? Because unforgiveness in your life is like poison that you're allowing to stay inside your body. And the, the longer that unforgiveness stays, the poison just kind of, ooh, it's, it's, you're becoming septic is what's happening. But when you go to your heavenly Father and say, God, I'm going to forgive. Lord, help me to forgive. Now you're getting rid of that poison, and that's what Jesus wants us to do. So how, how, do, we, how do we forgive? What practically does the process look like to forgive someone in, in our lives? And we see this advice in Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Okay, I got that. Bear with one another. Bear is another word for grace, right? Have grace with one another. Now, some people in your life, they're going to need this much grace. Some people, they're going to need this much grace, right? But, But God wants you to deal with others with grace and forgive them. And then he tells us how to forgive them. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Simple statement, isn't it? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Let's think back. How did Jesus forgive us? Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? What was going on there? He's like, God, if there be any way that this cup could pass for me, Lord, I, I really, really, really don't want to have to go down this path. But Lord, your will be done, not my will. You know what I believe was happening in the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus was making the decision to forgive. He was making the decision to go to the cross. It wasn't like he just got up on the cross and said, okay, should I, should I not? Should I, should I not? No, he chose the night in the garden. God, I'm going to go down this path. I'm going to be separated from, from the one I love, my heavenly father, because this is the only way that we can bring forgiveness to mankind. So Jesus chose to do it. It was like a lamb being led to the slaughter. He chose to forgive. Now, how are we supposed to forgive? Thank God it wasn't because Jesus felt like forgiving because that's how a lot of us choose to forgive or, or, or when we show forgiveness, ah, I don't really feel like forgiving, so I'm just not ready yet. Have you ever heard yourself say that? I know I've said that. Yeah, it's not a matter of if we feel like it. God doesn't care how you feel. He cares that you're in obedience to his word. So Jesus Chose to forgive, and he went to the cross. God wants us in the same way. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. He wants us to choose to forgive. Right? We have to choose it. We don't have to feel it. We have to choose it. You want the feelings to come? Start praying for that person, and and you'll watch your prayers change over time. You will pray, Lord, I pray fire and brimstone on their head, God. Yeah, it may start there, but over time, your prayer is going to change. But we start the whole process by choosing to forgive Because that's the model of what we see that Jesus did. You know, and I love what Andy Stanley says about forgiveness. He goes, in the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. Don't you feel that way sometimes? I can't forgive them. They don't deserve forgiveness. Oh, wait a minute. You really want to go there? They have to deserve it? How about you and I? Do we deserve forgiveness? No, we don't. So if God would forgive us, how can we not forgive others? So he says, in the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. Have have you ever considered that forgiveness is a gift that we could give to someone else? And and that's, it's such an amazing gift because God in his grace has given us that gift of forgiveness. And now he wants us to to do the same for someone else. So, I like to think this question, why does Jesus say to forgive? And and my mind goes to the why because I know that when Meg and I have have taken classes on parenting and we've given parenting classes, there's this concept in raising your kids called give them the moral reason why. So when you bring an instruction to your child, if you can tell your child why they should follow your instruction, it just helps them understand that when they're in the next kind of situation or a situation that looks similar— they understand the why, and they can take your instruction and now transfer it to other situations in life, right? So I, I ask myself this question, so why? Jesus, you said forgive as you forgive. Why would you do that? Why, why does he—God, is hard. Don't you know how hard it is? Well, well, here's why Jesus wants us to forgive. Jesus loves us to forgiveness so that we would be healed and would be set free. Right, so if if we have unforgiveness in our hearts, here's the best picture I can give you. You're in prison. My little nephew goes, I'm going to put you in jail. Yeah, you're in jail if you've got unforgiveness. I said my little nephew. Oh, my gosh, my grandson. I keep forgetting. (laughs) (laughs) My grandson says this, not my nephew. Um, He's like, I'm going to put you in jail. We're in jail if we have unforgiveness in our heart." And, and the only thing that unlocks the jail door is our saying, we're going to forgive. Forgiveness is what unlocks us from, the, from, from prison. So Jesus loves us to forgiveness so that we'll be healed and we'll be set free. So I, I know that it's challenging for a lot of us, right? We, we need to let go of the grudge and the bitterness. We need to send it away. We need to hurl it away. Forgiveness doesn't make us weak. It makes us strong. So, th- so this is a, a quote from Dave Willis. Holding a grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. Forgiveness doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. Right? So so, so often, we're like, I can't do this because they don't deserve it. Well, of course, none of us deserve forgiveness. Yes, you can do this. And, and God wants us to come into alignment because if we hold a grudge, it's affecting us. When we forgive someone, it actually sets us free. So I want to close with this scripture, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Could we stand today as we close? And I want to end by just sharing a a little word picture with you for a minute. If you've ever been to a jewelry store... And, and maybe you happened to pass by the, the case where they had the diamonds, or maybe you were shopping for a diamond. If you were, I want to come with you next time you do that. But, um, so so if, if someone, if the jeweler's showing you a diamond, maybe you've seen this or maybe you've experienced it, when, when they show you the diamond, you know what they do? They put it like on this black velvet. And, and they put the diamond on the black velvet. And what happens when you look at the diamond with the contrast of black velvet underneath it? Doesn't it sparkle? And you know, for some of us, we're just seeing the ugliness of sin. And we're seeing, God, what happened to me should have never happened. God, why did this happen? God, I was abused. I was hurt. I was mistreated. I was lied to. Whatever your situation is, that's the darkness of the black velvet. But when you take. The grace of God, which is the diamond, and you put the grace of God on top of the black velvet, you know what happened? That grace sparkles like you've never seen before. And some of us today, listen to my heart, some of us today, we've been focused on the velvet instead of the grace of God. And God wants the grace to come today to set you free. And as as you forgive others, you will be free, but you'll also set them free. See what I'm saying? So So there's a time and a place, and I believe that time and place for forgiveness is now because we're looking at God's Word, and God doesn't say like, all right, go home and then make a decision. No, God wants you to decide now. Are you going to choose to forgive others the way Jesus has forgiven you? They uh, they don't deserve it, but we don't deserve it. So God has called us to forgive in the same way. It's important to Him how we treat our brothers and sisters. It, It really is important. Our Father who art in heaven. Close your eyes with me as as we pray. So if you're here this morning, I want to pray for you. If if you're holding a grudge, if you've got unforgiveness, as as I've talked about the bricks on the wall, if you feel like, okay, there is something there, I need to choose to forgive today, would you raise your hand to tell me you're choosing to forgive today? Amen. Thank you for the hands going up. Thank you. God sees those hands more more important than I do. And and I want to tell you, I, I acknowledge the pain. I acknowledge the hurt that you feel today. Jesus was there whenever this mistreatment happened, whatever it was. He was there. He, he went to the cross for your forgiveness and for that person's forgiveness. But today, God wants to set some of us free and I, and I pray that this is the day. You know, <laughs> I was dreaming the other night. <laughs> And I got woken up by the dream to like this crash that was happening. And, and all of a sudden, I'm like, what was that crash? And it was something in my bathroom. I'm like, oh, it must have just been the, the little caddy that holds all the, you know, like the, the uh, shampoo and all that stuff, you know. But, but in that moment, I just felt like there's walls coming down. The walls are crashing down. I don't know why I made that connection that woke me up. But today, walls are going to come down as we pray, all right? I I believe in the name of Jesus. There's walls that are going to come down as we pray, all right? So let's pray together. God, in Jesus' name, Lord, you know the situations in front of us, God. You know the situations, God, that, that these have been bricks on the wall. Some of them may have been there for years. Some of them may be fresh. Some of them hurt a little. Some of them kill us, Lord. They hurt so bad, but, God, we recognize the truth of your word, Lord, that you love us to the truth. God, it's the truth that sets us free. So, God, today, in Jesus' name, we choose to forgive as you've forgiven us. God, we say it. In Jesus' name, I choose to forgive as you have forgiven me. God, we, we may not feel like it, but, God, we, we choose to forgive. And, Lord, now we commit to pray, Father, for those that have mistreated us, Lord, that you would work this out in our life, God, that we would be set free from this. Lord, today the walls come down in the name of Jesus. We tear them down with the weapons that you've given us, Lord, weapons that are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. We tear down these strongholds of unforgiveness in our lives, Father, in Jesus' name, and we choose to forgive as you've called us to. And, I, and God, now I pray for your grace, Lord, that it just come like a flood. Lord, your grace would just settle down upon us, God, that, that we would have the ability to move forward from here, Lord, in freedom and in truth, Lord, and to show the same forgiveness that we've had to others, God. I thank you that it's only by the power of your Spirit we can do that. But we give you praise and we give you honor and we give you glory today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're here and you want additional prayer for that, I'm going to ask small group leaders would you come forward and, and you just come to the altar? There'll be people here to pray with you. So, thanks very much for being here and have a great day and see it, small group. All right, God bless.